Hey guys, welcome back to the Road to Madness podcast. I'm Mindong. I'm Matt Giglio. Three days left until the national championship tips off. Yeah, three days. One day until the final four tips off. That's our main one of the two main topics we'll be covering today. The other main topic, huge news in the coaching world of college basketball. Oh man, oh man. The coaching changes have been significant, I'd say. A lot of very interesting decisions and uh I mean, I was pretty surprised about some of these personally, but uh, we'll have to see what happens after we cover these, obviously, two fantastic Final Four games. And uh, just so, so sad. Uh, obviously, tomorrow, these two games tipping off. After these two games, there's only one game left. So three games left for this 2020-2021 uh, college basketball season. And it's been a terrific ride thus far. And uh, just so many great moments this season. And just um, definitely a year to remember, obviously, uh, playing through a pandemic. It definitely – wasn't even a question. I mean, it was definitely in consideration if the season would even happen this year, uh, considering last year's March Madness got canceled and all that stuff. So uh, I'm just just so, so very happy that the season actually got the tip off and it's running pretty smooth. So uh, huge shout out to all those teams for uh, staying safe and pretty much fighting through all the uh, quarantines and cancellations and stuff. Because obviously it was a very different year. Hopefully next year will be back to normal somewhat. So uh, I'm really excited to see what happens for next year. But obviously this year, definitely a year to remember in history. So, uh, yeah, just once again, shout out to the 2020-2021 NCAA basketball season. Yeah, you said it best. This was by no means an easy season, one of the harder seasons in, in college basketball history or for, for the history of this world, I'd say. And we got through it. We got a NCAA tournament, and I couldn't be more grateful and happy. Yeah, and for this podcast, man, uh, if this season didn't happen, I don't know where we'd be with this podcast. So, uh, once again, just thank you to everyone to, for, for supporting us this far. Obviously, we won't be done until when the season's over. We're covering all the off-season moves, as we have been with already some transfers and coaching changes. So, uh, once again, we'll probably take a week off uh, after the national championship, and we'll probably take the rest of that week off. But we'll be back the following Monday. So, yeah, don't worry. We won't be gone, uh, obviously. I'll still be sobbing over Texas, not making it that far. I mean, you know, I, it's, it's always deep down in my heart. Uh, but obviously, just really excited to see the offseason moves following, obviously, the national championship, which is happening in three days. Yeah, got to agree with you. And let's just get started with our final four games. First game tipping off at 514 Eastern time on CBS. What a random time, right? 514. How specific? Yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna say that. What's up with the times? Why 514? Why can't you make it one minute later at 515? That's a normal time. And uh, the other game's at 834. I don't understand the times, but uh yeah, just continue, please. Yeah. First off, the number one seed Baylor, winners of the South region. Yes, I finally learned my regions against Midwest region winner, number two seed, Houston. What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I'm surprised you finally figured out the regions. I mean, there's only four teams, so you have a, a pretty close chance of getting it right. So you did, thankfully. But uh, this game should be a fantastic one, obviously. Baylor looking to make it. Uh, this is the first time since 1950, I believe it is, since they made it to the Final Four. So they're looking to make some history in their program. And Houston, they haven't been there in a while as well. So both these teams just looking to go back to the national championship. Well, they haven't been there before, and neither, neither of these teams have won the national championship before. And even Gonzaga as well. Only UCLA has won 
national championship before in their program history. So uh, obviously these teams looking to make some history. This should be a fantastic game. I think both sides have a lot of lethal scores. And also, shout out Davion Mitchell of Baylor, the National Defensive Player of the Year uh, for this season. So uh, obviously he's still dancing, so shout out to him. And uh, we'll go into more detail on awards probably following the national championship game, we think. But, uh, yeah, just covering this game right now. I think Baylor definitely is the favorites to win this game, so I'm going to have to roll with Baylor still. Uh, that three-headed trio, uh, Butler, Mitchell, and Teague is just fantastic. And obviously Mark Patel and Matthew Mayer and a lot of other guys, Everyday John, they're all making big contributions on the front court. So uh, I definitely think Baylor right now is a little bit uh, better in my opinion, but I think Houston's a very talented team as well, led by Quentin Grimes and uh, Drew. So uh, I'm very torn. Uh, I know I really do like both these teams, but obviously I'm going to have to go with that one seed, Baylor, to go to the national championship, as most people had in their bracket prior to the March Madness beginning. Yeah, got to agree with you. But looking at both teams on the court, they look fairly even and same on paper. Um, they just play with four guards and, and one, one forward, I'd say. But, yeah, my bracket says Baylor's in the national championship, so I got to stick with my bracket, my already busted bracket and say Baylor to the national championship. Yeah, uh, this should be a fantastic game, though. I'm really excited to watch it. But uh, I think Houston can definitely keep, keep this game very close, as uh, most Baylor games have been somewhat close, somewhat not. I think Baylor's won all their games by around 10-plus, maybe nine in a couple of games. But uh, Houston can definitely keep that very close uh, through the whole 40 minutes. So I'm very excited to watch that game. Once again, 5.14 p.m. Eastern time on you said cbs correct yeah all games will be on cbs from for the rest of the tournament all right thank you very much so yes cbs 5 14 p.m eastern time tomorrow definitely don't want to miss it should be a fantastic game and the next game obviously the other side of the bracket from the west region the number one seed gonzaga obviously the favorites to win it all they have been for a while and they're still dancing to the final four they go they're taking on the 11th seed ucla obviously the underdogs from the east region Make it from the first four to the final four. Uh, one of the only couple teams in history to ever do so. Last team was VCU, and I believe that was 2018. I might be mistaken on that, very mistakenly. But uh, I, it was VCU the last team to do it. I don't remember the year off the top of my head. My apologies. But, yes, this game's happening at 8.34 p.m. Eastern time. And these two teams actually played in the final four before. And uh, this was back in the Adam Morrison days of Gonzaga. And UCLA came back, and they won this game by one point. Uh, 83-82, to 82, UCLA won that game. But this game should be very different, I think. Gonzaga, obviously, a much better team. UCLA, kind of an underdog, as they haven't really been in prior history because this team, obviously, one of the former Blue Bloods and pretty much dominating all of college basketball back in the day. So uh, what are your thoughts on this game? And uh, do you have any, any chance of the underdog UCLA to pull off a massive upset on Gonzaga? Yeah, upon further research, that VCU Final Four team was one decade ago. It does not seem like 10 years ago, but it was indeed 10 years ago. So you are completely off on the on the year. But yeah, nonetheless, uh, I feel like this is a very easy game for Gonzaga. UCLA, although they are a great defensive team, Gonzaga's offense is another animal, and UCLA does not produce enough points to keep up with Gonzaga. Yeah, uh, you kind of said it best. UCLA, they haven't been scoring the ball well at all. I mean, they only scored 51 points against Michigan, which, yes, it's very good on paper, but 51 points against Gonzaga, not going to cut it. Gonzaga's averaging 
I'd say probably around 80 points in the tournament thus far. But uh, I have to, I'd have to definitely have to double check that. But uh, I definitely think Gonzaga has a pretty good chance of winning this game. Uh, I wouldn't say it's 100%, obviously, because I've seen crazier things happen in the past. But, uh, you know, I'm rooting for the dark, the underdog, the dark horse in UCLA. But I think Gonzaga, obviously, much different breed. So I do have Gonzaga winning this game as well. And kind of bringing up that pretty much projected finals of Gonzaga and Baylor, which a lot of people already had uh, before March Madness began. So, yeah, I think people, the fans, will definitely get this game probably. But obviously, we're going to have to see what happens with these two games, obviously, coming off tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And next up, the coaching carousel continues. A ton of big moves. But most importantly, this first move is, is a very shocking and unexpected. UNC head coach Roy Williams has retired after 33 years as their head coach. He's a legendary coach with both Kansas and UNC. First coach ever to have 400-plus games won for two different schools. Finished with 401 wins, 108 losses at Kansas. One national championship appearance and two Final Fours there. And at UNC, 485 wins, 163 losses with three national championships under his belt. Fastest coach ever to reach 900 wins of all time. And that 900-plus wins puts him at third all-time for coaches. he is already in the Hall of Fame, and yeah, what are your thoughts for Roy Williams and for this UNC program? Looks like it is the best job ever to have, but yeah, who do you think will take it, and what are your thoughts? Yeah, obviously, uh, Coach Roy Williams, man, he's a legendary coach, one of the best college basketball coaches of all time, I'd say. He's definitely up there in consideration, but uh, there's a lot of fantastic college basketball coaches, but Roy Williams, definitely uh, one of the cream of the crop, definitely, and uh Kind of shocking he did retire. Um, I mean, it, it definitely makes sense, but I just didn't really see it coming. Uh, I was very unaware of this situation, and when I saw it, uh, what was this, two days ago, or maybe yesterday it was, uh, I was pretty surprised, and I think you were as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a fantastic career he's had thus far. 33 years as a head coach is fantastic, and also his accolades are just insane as well. I mean, He's the only coach to have 400-plus wins with two different programs, and that just shows. I mean, a lot of coaches don't even have 400 with one program. And, yes, Roy Williams has it with two. And the 900 wins of all time, the fastest to ever do it. Uh, just a fantastic coach, and he was just a loving coach. Uh, I remember you sent me the uh, – uh, who was it? I don't, Marcus Page. It was Marcus Page. Uh, sending the, he's had a good talk on Coach Roy Williams and how – he pretty much made him a better person and not even on the basketball side of things. Roy Williams is just a very good coach and person, and he definitely produced a lot of very good young men and also NBA prospects as well in his time at UNC and also Kansas as well. But, uh, yeah, definitely uh, congratulations to him on retirement. He's a fantastic coach, and hopefully he can live life now to the fullest. So, uh, yeah, definitely huge shout-out to Coach Roy Williams, and thank you for all you've done for the college basketball world. Uh, just really can't thank you enough for what you've done at UNC and, like I said, all of college basketball. Definitely agree with you. Congrats to him. Hope he enjoys retirement. And like you said, thank you for everything you've done for college basketball. And, yeah, hopefully you could get some more drip, like those shoes and that, all those clothing that you always get every year. Every year, man. He's the one of the drippiest coaches in college basketball. But uh, next next one up, we got uh, – wait wait, 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 wait. What, what, what? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I for UNC, what, what do you think they do now for UNC? Yes, I forgot. My apologies. But uh, I don't know what they're going to do. I know you've had some very interesting takes. Uh, you think 
you thought Michael Jordan might take the job over. <laughs> he said that. Uh, I definitely don't really see that happening, but uh, you never know. It could definitely happen. But uh, there's a couple of big names there, and one guy I think should definitely take it is Wes Miller. I know you probably think that as well. Obviously, UNC Greensboro head coach right now. He's definitely deserving of getting a better job, and uh, I think UNC might be the place for him. I don't know how long he'll last at UNC. I don't think it'll be as long as obviously Coach Williams has been there. But whoever comes after him, it's definitely going to be very hard to live up to his standards because they're just so, so high. And being a new coach at UNC, one of the blue bloods of college basketball, that's just really a big, 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 um, what's the word? A big target on your back, I guess, of overachieving expectations because the expectations are going to be raised very high. So uh, whoever goes there, I – Hopefully you can do as hopefully good. Obviously it's going to be very hard to top what Williams has done, but I think West Miller might get that job, but obviously there's a ton of guys on that list thus far. So yes, I'm very intrigued to see who gets this job because obviously it's one of the best in all of college basketball. I definitely say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely agree with you. I 100% think West Miller will get the job. Um, the athletic director said they want to keep it in the UNC family. West Miller played at UNC, and, yeah, he's as close to Roy Williams as there is. He, he basically coaches like Roy Williams, and he's just a perfect fit for UNC, such a historic program, and obviously one of the best jobs in college basketball history, being the head coach of UNC. Yeah, and I think Roy Williams definitely has a say in picking the coach as well. I definitely saw something on that. So, uh, yeah, that definitely also helps Coach West Miller out a lot. So, uh, yeah, whatever we'll see what happens with this, with this decision. And obviously we'll notify you on when it is made and who that new UNC head coach will be. Obviously it's a very big name and a very big coaching job. So, obviously we're going to address it when it is said and finally done. Mm-hmm. Next next piece up, I apologize once again for skipping ahead, but uh, Kansas, they have found their new head coach. Well, they haven't changed their head coach, but they will be uh, finally agreeing on a lifetime contract with coach head coach Bill Self at Kansas. So, yes, a lifetime contract means um, – so, well, for Co- Coach Self's case, it's a little bit different. He's in the last year of his deal, so his contract will be added another five years. And then once a season goes by, a new year gets added on top of that five year. So pretty much it's just a five year rolling contract for Coach Bill Self until he does retire. So yes, he will be a lifer now at Kansas basketball until he retires. And uh, he's been the head coach at Kansas since 2003. So he's almost approaching on 20 years at Kansas. A fantastic career thus far uh, with him at Kansas. A record of 522 and 118 at Kansas. One national championship and two final four appearances. And yes, now he's becoming a lifer at Kansas. Obviously, he definitely deserves this. Sure, there's been a couple of scandals in the past, but uh, all in all, he's had a fantastic uh, 18 years thus far at Kansas. So uh, what are your thoughts on this a lifetime contract for Bill Self at Kansas? Yeah, he definitely deserves it. Um, he's made Kansas a powerhouse. You can see why they, they set, uh, set the record for most consecutive weeks being ranked. Obviously, that ended this, this year, but they've been ranked ever since after that, that ended. So, yeah, perfect deal for Coach Bill Self and this Kansas program. I like it. Yeah, I definitely like it as well. Obviously, Kansas another blue blood, and they've been one of the best teams in college basketball for the past decades or so. And obviously, that's probably thanks to Coach Bill Self, a very fantastic program. They got a ton of good recruits, and uh, they just build that program up to one of the top ones in all the nation. And that's why a lot of people want to go there. So obviously, I definitely think this is definitely deserving of Coach Bill Self to get this lifetime contract. 
Uh, not many people have these lifetime contracts, and Bill Self definitely, I think he's deserving of one. And he's definitely got a lot of uh, energy left in the tank and steam left in the tank, I think, for him at Kansas. So, yes, I'm very excited to see how long he goes and what else he can do until he does decide to retire. Mm -hmm. Next up, second biggest coaching uh, news, I'd say. Texas has hired Texas Tech head coach Chris Beard. Obviously, Chris Beard, he is a former Texas graduate and assistant under Tom Panders. Finished 112 with 112 wins, 55 losses at Texas Tech. Two Elite Eights, one national championship game where they were the runner-up. Going back to where it started for him, he also brings in assistant head coach Elric Maligi with him to Texas. And another coaching change, UT Arlington head coach Chris Ogan will also join Chris Beard's staff, and he will be going back to his auto matter as well. So Chris Beard going to Texas, bringing another assistant head coach and a head coach who will be an assistant. Is this the right move for Chris Beard, and is this the right move for head coach Chris Ogan of UT Arlington? Yes, I think it's pronounced Ogden, but I might be mistaken. Yes. I think it is, but I might be mistaken. But, uh, yes, this is a very big move uh, for all cause basketball, I think. And is this the right decision? I mean, I, I think so. But I just think it's really porn. And as he said, it's very difficult and emotional for Chris Beard as well. Obviously, he's been at Texas Tech for, I believe, five years now. And it would have been six next year. And he's already done so much in his five years at Texas Tech. And uh, he was almost about to get a uh, another lifetime contract with Texas Tech. They're in the works of maybe doing one relatively soon. But, uh, yeah, Chris Beard, man, he's gone. And uh, I definitely love this decision, obviously, going back to his alma mater. And I, I really do like this decision. But uh, he just left so much at Texas Tech. And it's just really sad, I think, just leaving all that behind and going elsewhere. It definitely makes sense, don't get me wrong. But uh, it's just really – it's a really tough decision, and it's really difficult to do. You got so much at Texas Tech already given to you, and he's already built it up so, so well. And he's just kind of leaving it all behind and going elsewhere to Texas now. And the thing that's difficult is it's in the same state. It's not too far from Lubbock to Austin, obviously. So uh, it's just really torn. And these two teams obviously have to play twice, maybe even more uh, within the year as well. So uh, very torn decision for Coach Chris Beard. But uh, for Chris, Coach Chris Ogden, I don't know if this is the right decision. I thought he was doing a fine job at UT Arlington. And he probably could have got a different head coaching job elsewhere. But he wanted to go back to his alma mater. So it definitely makes sense. Uh, now an assistant coach. But uh, hopefully he can get some good recruits in there as well. And obviously Coach Ulrich Mag uh, Maligi, I think that's how you say it. He's a very good recruiter as well. So Texas man, they could maybe be back up to where they were uh, with the Kevin Durant era. But, uh, yeah, they've definitely been – a good team, but not a great team, I'd say, for the past couple of years under Shaka Smart. And we'll talk about him in a second. But, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see what Coach Chris Beard can do at Texas now. Will I still be hooking them horns? Very questionable. Uh, I'll have to give you an update on that when the season almost rolls around. So, for now, yes, I'm still hooking those horns, but I'm very questionable on this decision for hooking those horns. But I definitely do like this Chris Beard decision. Should be a fantastic one. Hopefully it comes soon. Yeah, Chris Beard definitely one of the best in the business. This is his dream job, so he does go back to his dream job. And Texas Tech, I heard they didn't even get a chance to match Texas's offer. But, yeah, Texas does have a lot more money and have a lot more historic athletic program, I'd say, than Texas Tech. And for head coach Chris Ogden, obviously he gets more money, less pressure. Can't go wrong with that. But, yeah, uh, he shouldn't even be the head coach of UT Arlington in the first place. I don't know why they fired Scott Cross about 
two, three years ago. He was doing a fine job. He was the wingiest coach of all time. They were coming off an NIT appearance, and they just fired him because they wanted to be the next Gonzaga. And unfortunately, they actually downgraded from that. Definitely. And that should be a very big decision, obviously, with Texas next year. And uh, for Texas Tech, I don't know where they go now. I don't think they've hired a new head coach as of right now. So definitely going to see what happens with them uh, in the near coming future. But obviously, we'll keep you updated when Texas Tech does make their decision. But for Texas, obviously, a new, a new face of the program, it seems, as a new head coach. And will that matter with the players? We'll obviously see what happens uh, when the near coming offseason, obviously coming up pretty soon. But yeah, for Shaka Smart, Obviously, the former head coach of Texas. Don't worry, he has found a new home. And this was before even Texas hired Coach Chris Beard. But yes, Marquette, they have struck out on getting Shaka Smart as their new head coach. Shaka Smart finished 109 and 86 at Texas. Uh, a couple appearances in the March Madness, a lot of appearances in the March Madness tournament, but did not get past the round of 32 at all in their time at March Madness. But uh, yeah, obviously, Shaka Smart, he's going back home to Marquette. Uh, Marquette's been a few years out of the tournament. The last time they were there was with the Hauser brothers and obviously Marcus Howard, but uh, they lost to Murray State in the first round of 64. So, yes, what are your thoughts on uh, Shaka Smart going back home to his new place at Marquette? Yeah, I like it. He left before Texas could even fire him. But if I was Shaka, if I wanted a couple more dollars, I'd, I'd let Texas fire you, get the buyout, and then go to Marquette. But he's a very cassy guy, so he saved Texas a couple million dollars. and went back home. I really like this get from Marquette. Yes, I do like this get from Marquette as well. And uh, I believe Marquette's head coach went to Albany, I believe it was. He went to an America East program, I think. Am I mistaken on that? Or um, I, you don't know. I do not know. I just know they fired him. Yes, I, I know that as well. But uh, yeah, I do really do like this decision a lot for Shaka Smart. Uh, obviously, he's a very, he's one of my favorite coaches in all college basketball, even if that is with Texas or not. Uh, I, I say no Texas bias right now. Shaka Smart, he's one of my favorite college basketball coaches. He's just so, so fun to watch on the sidelines, and he seems to be doing a pretty good job. So uh, hopefully he can do some good stuff going back home to Marquette. And Marquette, they got a couple good recruits coming in, and they got a pretty solid base right now, I'd say. They're a very young team, and uh, obviously got a couple guys from last year, like DJ Carden, coming into the program. So uh, that team will probably do a little bit different this year, uh, this upcoming season. But, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see what Shaka Smart can do and who he can bring into that program. And who knows, maybe this team can go dancing once again for next year. It's all just a matter of time on what happens with Shaka Smart now at Marquette. Mm -hmm. Next up, two for one news. UT Rio Grande Valley has hired former Austin P head coach Matt Figger. Coach Figger has finished his tenure at Austin P with 76 wins, 51 losses for Austin P. They hired – Duke assistant Nate James as the head coach, who has been at Duke for eight years and is his first coaching job. What are your thoughts on these moves? Yeah, uh, I kind of do like these moves a lot. Obviously, for Coach Figure, he's been kind of down. I mean, he had to take over. Oh, I don't remember. This. I think his name is like Dave Louse. Is, is that his name? The former. He's a former Austin Pay coach for like uh, 20 yeah, years. Yeah. Dave Louse. I, I, know, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he had to kind of take over for Dave Louse, who's a very legendary – I say not legendary, but he's a very well-respected head coach for the past 20 years at Austin Pay. And, yeah, Coach Figger didn't do the greatest of jobs, I think, at Austin Pay. I don't think they made it to the March Madness tournament once in his couple of years there. But uh, hopefully UT Rio Grande Valley can strike out on getting this coach. And hopefully UT Rio Grande Valley can get back up to the top of the uh, WAC conference. I really think they do have a chance to do that. But there's a couple of pretty good powerhouses 
and a lot of changes there with all those uh, WAC conferences, Southland conferences, and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, hopefully UT Grand Valley can be back up to where they were. And for Austin Pay now, getting Nate James, I think it's a pretty good get for them. Obviously, Nate James, obviously, like you said, the Duke assistant coach for the past eight years. And uh, he's had some, obviously, professional experience overseas as well. Uh, so I really do like this move for him. Obviously, first head coaching job. Uh, it's been kind of an ongoing theme this year. A lot of guys getting their first head coaching jobs. So hopefully Austin Pay strikes out on a good one. And being an assistant for Coach K for eight years, definitely got a lot of experience under there. So, yes, I really do like these moves for both these two programs right here. Mm-hmm, definitely agree with you. Coach Figure, he's been very consistent at Austin P. And although I believe they did underachieve a little all four years, uh, he still did very solid with that program. And for Nate James going to Austin P, I, I really like this hiring. If you're a Duke assistant job, chances are you're, you're going to be very successful. Definitely. And nice head coaching job up. It's, this one's a pretty big one as well. And uh, it's already seen some success, I'd say. Uh, Indiana, they have hired their new head coach, former Knicks head coach, Mike Woodson, uh, as their new head coach. Obviously, Coach Woodson, he's been the former Knicks head coach, Hawks head coach, a couple assistant coaching jobs in there. But, yes, he was a Knicks head coach until the 2013-2014 season and he just got picked up as an assistant coach for the Knicks this year. But obviously, he will now be leaving. This is his first head coaching job, or coaching job, I should say, in the college basketball world. Obviously, a lot of guys have been doing this NBA experience going down to the college level. Definitely seen it before. So, uh, yeah, this is a pretty good get for Indiana, I'd say. And it's already shown uh, some success. I don't know if we should spoil that now or not. But uh, what are your thoughts on this hiring here for Indiana? Yeah, I really like it. Well, like, initially, I was kind of – it was, I was kind of iffy about it, but looking at all the decisions that have been made with this Indiana program so far, I'm liking it. I like the direction this, uh, Mike Woodson is bringing this program in so far. Yeah, I say we don't spoil it now, but uh, yes, Indiana seems to be doing very well thus far. Uh, a lot of people do believe in Mike Woodson, especially uh, the Indiana players do, and hopefully the program does. And uh, Indiana's a very hard coaching job. Obviously, the fans, they're going to hate you either way if you're doing a good job or bad job. And obviously, Hoosiers have had a historic program for the past decades and centuries. So, uh, yeah, so this is going to be a very tough job for Coach Mike Woodson. But uh, for the looks of it right now, he seems to be doing pretty well. So uh, hopefully he can keep that up. And hopefully Indiana gets back to the March Mass Tournament, something they haven't done for, it seems like, uh, it's been a while now since Indiana has not been in the March Mass Tournament. But, uh, yeah, hopefully they can do some good stuff with Coach Woodson. I really do like this decision. And we'll see what happens with this offseason. Mm-hmm. And next up, another high major coaching change. DePaul has hired former Oregon assistant coach Tony Stubblefield as their new head coach. He's been he's been the Oregon assistant coach for eleven years eleven years now, and this is the first head coaching job for Stubblefield. What are your thoughts? Yeah, first and foremost, I really love the last name Stubblefield. It's a pretty sick name, I'd say. So shout out to Tony Stubblefield. But uh, yeah, I really do like this hire for DePaul. I don't think Coach Doublefield was on their radar at first. I know they had a couple guys they were looking out for, DePaul. And uh, I don't know if there's any connection for Coach Doublefield. I think he played at Lehigh, or maybe that's Neptune. But uh, one of them played at Lehigh. So maybe that's a connection. But uh, all in all, I do like this decision a lot. Coach Doublefield has been playing. He's been coaching under Dana Altman, who's a fantastic coach, I'd say, for the past 11 years. So he definitely has a lot of very good experience under Oregon. That pretty good program, I'd say. So, yes, I do like this decision a lot. But for DePaul – uh, I'm really intrigued to see what they do next year. Like I've been saying countless times before on this podcast, the Paul's light is finally here. So 2021 might be their year. 2021, 2022 might be the Paul's year. 
and a new head coaching job might be the change they needed to get over that hump. But uh, personally, I think they should have kept Dave Letow, but that's just my personal opinion. So I'm very excited to see what DePaul can do, and hopefully they can get back to where they have been, and that is to get some finally some good wins and be not in last place in the Big East Conference. Yeah, definitely agree with you. Obviously, this isn't a, a big name by any means, but it is, a, it is a solid get for DePaul. Definitely. And next guy up, we have two more pieces of coaching changes and coaching carousels. Fordham, they have found their new uh, head coach, and that's going to be the former Villanova assistant head coach, Kyle Neptune. Uh, yeah, Neptune's been the Villanova assistant coach for the past eight years. Obviously, seen a national championship in there, a couple of very good runs in March Madness. So, uh, yeah, this is going to be Coach Neptune's first head coaching job in his tenure, and he's going to Fordham in the A-10. Obviously, uh, Fordham's been down in the dumps for the couple, past couple of years now. So, what are your thoughts on this hiring for them? Yeah, very good get for them. He's going back to his hometown where he grew up. He's a New York City guy, and hopefully for them, they can be successful. Yeah, it's going to take a lot to get for him to be successful again, but uh, hopefully Coach Neptune can turn this program around. And uh, it doesn't mean going from worst to first. This going to build up brick by brick over time as years go on. So uh, I definitely think this is a very good get for them. And hopefully for Coach Neptune, he does turn this program around. Because like I said, they've been kind of in the bottom three for the past couple of years in the A-10. And the A-10, it's looking pretty good so far this year, or for next year at least. And uh, a lot of good coaching changes in there already. So uh, hopefully Fordham can turn it around under the new coach, Kyle Neptune. Mm-hmm. Last but not least, East Tennessee State head coach Jason Shea has resigned, probably due to a kneeling controversy. Uh, many players are convinced Shea has resigned because of the belief he supported racial inequality before games due to kneeling. Former assistant at East Tennessee State before getting being promoted to head coach once Steve Forbes left. Seemed to have a great relationship with players. So this is, this decision was made by Shea. What are your thoughts on this move? Yeah, very interesting move, I'd say. But uh, you got to respect his decision. Uh, obviously, I don't really know too many details on what happened. But I know that he it had to do with some kneeling controversy, I think. But uh, I don't really understand the reason to resign because of it. But uh, I don't really know too much about this. But obviously, you got to respect his decision. And uh, he's looking to... Make, he's looking to make a name for himself and all his players. And it seems like him and his players had a very good relationship from what I could tell, uh, just looking at their program. So, uh, yeah, I'm really still kind of concerned. I'm not concerned, but I'm still kind of confused on what really happened. Uh, and there's maybe there's a bigger reason for it. But uh, they got to respect the decision. Every Tennessee State, uh, who knows what they're going to get next. I don't really know who they're looking at. But uh, hopefully it is someone pretty good because he's Tennessee State. They've been pretty good for the past couple of years in the SOCON. And uh, they had an all right year this year, but obviously looking to be back in the national, uh, in the, not in the national championship, but the March Madness tournament, obviously. Mm-hmm, definitely agree with you. I don't want to get too political with it, but Shea, he definitely overachieved in his first year. Just best of luck to him wherever he goes next with his future. Definitely. And that is all we have for today's episode, believe it or not. Uh, seems like a very long episode, but it didn't really seem too long, honestly. And uh, obviously for the transfer portal, guys have been making their decisions. We'll probably cover it. Uh, probably on Sunday, we think. Uh, probably not going to do an episode Saturday because, you know, we'll be watching the games, obviously, as most of you should. If not, I don't know what you're doing, but uh, got to watch those final four games, definitely. But, uh, yeah, very good episode today. Obviously, episode 137. So we're kind up there in the episodes. We're almost at 150 episodes, which is just ridiculous, I think. And, yes, it already has been a year since we've been doing this podcast. Uh, it was last Saturday, so it's kind of been 
couple of days now since it's been uh, one year anniversary. We're going to do something, but we decided not to. But uh, yes, it has been one year since doing this podcast. So many great memories thus far in this one year, and we're looking to make it, obviously, until we decide to give it up finally. Yeah, definitely agree with you. Hopefully, we don't give it up when we go into our next college journey. But yeah, uh, one year, it's been, it's been a great year, and hopefully we could keep moving on with this. Yeah, it's going to be obviously very different when we do move to college. Obviously, we'll be in two different places. I mean, we already are in two different places, but we're in the same hometown. So it makes it a little bit easier to communicate. But uh, yeah, we'll definitely see what happens. Obviously, we'll have, our, we'll have a lot of biases going into college. Obviously, we'll be probably not in the same college, but you never know. Anything's possible at this point. But uh, yeah, yeah. Probably not possible. <laughs> I mean, probably not, but you never know. Can't, can't rule out the possibility of us going to college together. But uh, yeah, a ton of biases and... Uh, we won't be too, too biased when we do go to college. But, uh, yeah, it's already been one year. So the support, obviously, it's been countless. And uh, we got a long ways to go until we think about ending this podcast. we got no signs of stopping right now. And, obviously, episode 137 is a very good one. Obviously, three games left in the college basketball season. Just, I just recommend you watch these two games come tomorrow. Two fantastic games, and we'll see which two teams can have a chance to get a national championship on Monday. So, uh, yeah, that is all I have for today's episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, March, it's a, it's, a, it's a very long countdown, but we'll get back to you relatively soon, March. Hello, April. Yeah, see you in 11 months, March.